Hi there, welcome to episode 48 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to was from Super Adventure Island 2 for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's from a spot in the game called Haya Haya Island, which is covered in ice and snow. And you're listening to that because tonight, for the third year in a row, we here at the Waveback Podcast are celebrating the season the only way we know how, with winter-themed video game music. Matt and I have once again put our heads together for a Waveback special. I promise regular episodes will return soon, this time in celebration of all things cold. Welcome to the Waveback Winter Special 3. It is the most wonderful time of the year, depending on who you ask, and nothing says the spirit of the season quite like cold stuff. Continuing with tradition, Matt and I have gathered together a fresh list of ice-level tracks from video games for you to enjoy a nice cup of hot cocoa, too. Mr. Matt, how are things? Oh, things are wonderful. Honestly, can't really complain. All right. Well, it's, it's good. Things are, things are really good here. I, uh... I'm I'm doing all of my Christmas traditions. I've watched uh, Muppet Family Christmas at least once. Uh, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. I I played uh, Christmas Nights and Christmas Lemmings. Uh, the 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 halls are decked. The the stockings are actually not hung because we didn't have a mantle last year. But now we have a mantle, so we need stocking hangy thingies. Nice. I I which is the official terminology for it. <laughs> I've always liked the idea of the stockings were hung with care by the chimney. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hang them with too much care because, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff on our mantle already. So I feel like if I hang mm. them with too much care and then my daughter rips them down, I'm going to be sad. And, and mm. I don't like setting myself up for failure like that. She is you. basically a miniature Galactus. A <laughs> uh, quick question. That Muppet yeah. Family Christmas, is that the one where they say, watch out for the icy patch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you need to send me a copy of that. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. That is, that, uh, that is, a, it's magnificent. It's uh, probably my favorite Christmas movie in, in its entirety. It's the only thing that, uh, that has ever had every uh, form of Muppet in the same place at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say the Fraggles are in it. Yeah, um, Fraggles are in it, the Sesame Street gang, the uh, mm-hmm. obviously the Muppet Muppet Show people, mm-hmm. and even Jim Henson himself self appears at the end. Oh, does he? I don't remember that. Yeah, he's he's uh, it's after the like three thousand hour long uh, Christmas Carol medley that they do at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, he does dishes in the kitchen with Sprocket. Oh, Just... nice! That's <laughs> fantastic. Oh man. So, uh, speaking of holiday stuff, this is one of my favorite things to do every year, and uh, so, so Matt and I were actually considering skipping this uh, entirely because we couldn't think of a really good thing to do for a winter special, because I, I said to Matt, like, yeah, I don't know, I, I can't think of any other ice levels that we can do music for, and I don't really know what else to do, and then we had this idea to do all these Mega Man ice levels, and, <laughs> you know, that was a neat concept, we might come back to that someday, but then... Matt convinced me to just just give it give it a shot and see what I can come up with, and I came up with so many more ice tracks. We're good for a couple of years on winter specials. So many more good ice tracks. You're gonna have months. You're gonna have years of winter levels coming to you if you're just patient. Enough. That's right. Years and we do, years. We do this so you don't have to. <laughs> that is exactly why. We thought yes. to ourselves, what can we do so that they don't have to? And let's collect <laughs> ice levels. <laughs> so, all right, let's let us <laughs> let's begin. 
Uh, let's let's kick things off with uh, we're going to do our usual thing where Matt and I kind of alternate tracks. Uh, I'll go first, and I will pick the first track is probably the most recent track we've ever done on this show uh, because I wanted to pick a song from Super Mario Odyssey. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant game that just came out a few months ago. I, I love it so, so much, and uh, I've been having a blast with it. I just beat it the other day, um, and there's still so much more to do. Uh, and this one is from, there's an ice town uh, called Shiveria. Get it? Because shivering? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this particular track is Shiveria Town, and it is written by Shiho Fuji, who uh, worked on Skyward Sword, Splatoon, New Super Mario Bros. U, etc. Um, he's a Nintendo guy. Uh, obviously, he's not the only composer on this soundtrack, but from my research, it goes. it says that this is a song that he wrote. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm saying he. I am a bad person. It is a she. She is a woman. And she wrote this song. I am very sorry. I apologize. Not that you, she'll ever listen to this show. But, <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, Maybe this this big uh, big mistake on our part will get her listening. That's hey, right. Hey, man, somebody messed up your uh, gender. You should go give them a piece of your mind. You should, and then tell everyone to listen to our show. <laughs> yes, that's the most important part. All right, so uh, let us go ahead and get these things started here. We'll listen to our first track of the evening, and uh, it is called Shiveria Town, and it's from Super Mario Odyssey, and here it is. Enjoy.
Oh, there you have Shiveria Town from Super Mario Odyssey. It's a, it's a pretty straightforward track as far as a you know, wintry music goes. It's it's fairly predictable, but it's just so darn darn happy. It's so so darn joyous. <laughs> it definitely is. It feels a lot like um, Christmas in Scotland. If that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, it does sense. have that, that little, with the that little with piccolo the, the, the pan flute, flute or whatever. Yeah, the little pick, yeah, that thing definitely uh hits up a little bit of that that business. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. It's a it's a really good track. I mean, I think um sleigh bells are fairly indicative slash um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh synonymous with there you go. winter, Christmas. You know, anytime someone hears sleigh bells, like if you hear sleigh bells in June, you're like, oh, come on, it ain't Christmas already. What the hell? So, <laughs> you know, you throw some sleigh bells on some music and I feel like, boom, Christmas hit <laughs> or winter hit in this case. Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from there. It's it's. I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I just had a complete and total brain fart. <laughs> well, having having only seen. um playthroughs of the game and stuff and reviews and things like that i think it 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 completely fits the uh feel of the mario universe especially with um this new mario i know it's very uh it 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 allows itself to be played how the player wants to play it you know there's yes seen some video where someone was like you see this wall i can go up this wall seven different ways and the mm-hmm. game isn't telling me I have to do it this one way. And I think that's cool. But I think, um, I think the music is, is fairly suiting to all the visuals I've seen. And I think uh, it, it keeps some familiarity with the uh, Mario universe. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, um, one of the things that's great about Odyssey is just the level of creativity on display. Th- this stage in particular isn't even, like, just on a very basic uh visual standpoint isn't the most interesting thing in the world but it's you know it's just here is ice level but it, it it's got these cute little characters in it that that aren't elsewhere in the game and it's it's really it, the things that you do in that stage are rather wonderful and um this uh this this music just just kind of sums up the feeling of being in this relatively generic but still wonderful winter town because the music itself isn't like insanely memorable it's just so wonderfully happy and even if it's not the most interesting thing in the world it's still super cool yeah i mean you you kind of touched on something where winter levels are fairly uneventful i guess as far as visuals are concerned so you know sometimes they can kind of be forgotten they have to really be memorable or in some cases they have to um they serve as a backdrop like for example i was uh, for me, I was thinking like the newest Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, where it takes place on a mountain, you know, and that's all snow. And you can very easily say, oh, you know, there's snow, so it's a winter level. But it serves as a backdrop. You know, you don't do much with the snow. So in some yeah. games where you're just traversing st- snow, it's very easy to, you know, bypass it and not think because there's not cool stuff going on in the background the mode 7 graphics aren't really doing much anything <laughs> you know so you know i get it the uh winter levels uh they seem to have like they can go in these two different directions like you can have you know super jingly uh happy wintry music and then you've got like desolate winter music like uh you know think about um i think last year i did both uh 
both winter level songs from Donkey Kong Country. And, you know, you've got the the Ice Cave chant, which is this super happy, uh, like, cool jingle thing. And then you've got the, uh, the, the Snow Barrel Blast stage, which is just this completely desolate, you know, cold and lonely uh, sound. So it's... It's mm-hmm. what what's neat going through particularly this list of tracks that we have here tonight is listening to just how different these kinds of songs can be. Um, Absolutely, because I'm I'm super excited about this entire track list tonight. I this is one of the one of the few times that we're doing a special episode where I've listened to everything ahead of time, and I'm I'm really really excited to listen to all this stuff. So let us move on to our next track, which is track number two. Matt, why don't you tell us about it? Uh, track number two comes from a video game called The Lost Vikings, which I originally played on the Super Nintendo. Um, the version of the track we're going to listen to in a moment is actually from the Genesis, uh, excuse me, the Genesis port of the game. Um, if you're not familiar with the game, I'll, I'll try and sum it up very quickly. Three Vikings um, each possess a particular attribute or strength or power. And using them, you traverse levels. One has a shield, so perhaps an enemy's attacking, he has to block with the shield. Then the guy who has the sword can go and attack, and then the guy who can jump really high can spring off of it, and so on and so forth. I think it's a precursor to a handful of different games of similar nature, uh, one of which is actually in this list, which will be my final song of the night, where you have a partner helping you out do things that you can't necessarily do. Um, the game for me was a lot of fun. I remember playing it and kind of being a little frustrated with it because that was probably one of the first games of its type and it's a little tough to grasp at first because some of the puzzles were actually fairly tricky. Um, so uh, if you haven't played it, I'd, I'd say go give it a go. I like the graphics. I think it's a little tongue-in-cheek. Um, the Vikings themselves are actually kind of funny. It's back in the heyday of video games where if you, your character stood around, they do stuff. And I think one guy picks his nose. You know, it's really kind of stupid, but the the track we're going to listen to from the Genesis version is actually called Home. Uh, its composer is Matt Furness, who uh, has worked on a bunch of other... He's a Genesis guy, and he's worked on a bunch of other Genesis stuff. Uh, you know, Super Smash TV, uh, Double Dragon for the Game Gear, uh, Alien 3 for all platforms, basically. Um, but if you're uh, a guy who splits hairs like me... The original track is called Just Another Day, and it was actually composed by Charles Deenan uh, for the Super Nintendo. But that all aside... We're going uh, for the Matt Furness arrangement. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we are. And with that being said, here is Home from Lost Vikings by Matt Furness.
have it. That's the track entitled Home from the Lost Vikings Genesis port. Um, Chris, you could probably tell better than I can why or how Genesis was able to sound better than uh, the Super Nintendo, because in doing this, I chose the Genesis version over the Super Nintendo version because I felt it just sounded better. It sounded more like a track. Hmm. That's a... Boy, what a conversation to have. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's keep it brief. I, I genuinely disagree. Um, I feel like the Super Nintendo tends to sound better than the Genesis. Um, okay. Uh, they're very different from one another. Um, Absolutely. And, and as somebody who grew up as a Super Nintendo guy, I, mm-hmm. I, I tend to lean towards the Super Nintendo stuff. It also tends to play a little bit more to my sensibilities. Quick editor's note here, I'm about to embark on a conversation about things I only mostly know about, so please take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt, because I could very well be completely wrong on a lot of it. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. The Genesis had a, its own sound chip, so when you listen to a song like this, you can you can usually tell when you're listening to a Genesis song, because the the games themselves like there's sounds that the genesis makes like just you know you can tell when you're listening to a game boy track you can tell when you're listening to an nes track genesis Mm -hmm. music is typically very very distinct like that kind of slap bass sound is very 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 genesis-y whereas the super nintendo did not have its own sound chip the super nintendo had a bunch of sample channels so Mm -hmm. super nintendo games don't specifically have their own unique flavor so much as um you know, there's obviously lots of people used the same samples. Like there was a set of sample instruments that people would choose from, but you know, you would get lots of unique sounds that were completely unique to a specific game because a company just used their own samples. So these kinds of things vary from game to game. And this is a really, really interesting topic that I've been wanting to cover on the show for a long time. Like I want to do a series of episodes that com- compares and contrasts uh, Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis music, because there are some games where the Genesis song, Genesis versions of the same songs sound hands down better, uh, whereas the Super Nintendo ones will, in other instances, sound uh, irreversibly better but then there's other instances where it's very debatable like they're just totally different flavors the thing about genesis stuff though is because it's it is its own sound chip that the music tends to sound a little bit sharper because it's not you know compressed samples whereas um like if you listen to something like the donkey kong country soundtrack it uses these incredibly amazing instruments but they're super compressed because they were just these giant file sizes and they need to make them fit into a Super NES cartridge. Whereas the Genesis stuff, no matter what you're doing, you're not really getting super compressed stuff unless you're using the, the noise channel to make like a voiceover, kind of like that little ha ha sound that you were getting out of this track. So, so I, I love that. <laughs> I love this, this category. Now, can someone say I have, can of worms? I, I have no experience with this game. I've never played uh, Lost Vikings before. I'm obviously very aware of it. I know this game exists, but I have never played either version. And I figured you picked this one because you had more experience with the Genesis version, not because the Super NES one sounded worse. So now I'm genuinely well, interested to hear what the Super NES version of this sounds like. Well, um, if I may, um, I think I actually misspoke when I said better versus worse in that realm. I think... Um, after listening to you talk, I, I had a moment to kind of reconsider what I said. And I don't think better is the word. I think what I really honestly truly meant to say was this as far as a sonic endeavor is concerned mm-hmm. definitely sounds more rich. It sounds uh, fuller. 
And that probably has to do with what you just said about the compression rates. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I get it. You, you know, I, when I was in audio school, they, I had a teacher who was like, you know, anybody who's interested in working in post-production audio, a lot of video game companies are always hiring guys. And he gave us the ratio at which, like, let's say uh, for, for, for um, ease of use, let's say, you know, one gigabyte game, you literally have maybe 100 kilobytes, maybe, for all your sound, sound design, music. So I understand that they compress the crap out of these things. So I think I'm, I'm going to go on the record and say I was wrong when I said it sounds uh, better. I, what I meant to say was it sounds more like a full-fledged, like a, like, a, like a full song. There's, there's some body to it. There's some warmth. There's some girth, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I see, I do understand what you're saying, and that, that does happen sometimes with um, yeah. Super NES games, uh, especially when, when people know what they're doing with Super NES games. Like, they can sound unbelievably wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're composing for the Super Nintendo kind of in a more traditional manner and just treating the sample channels as like just really individual instruments, it's very easy to hit on something that sounds just really, really hollow. Um, mm -hmm. I wish I could come up with some good examples of that off the top of my head, but there, there are definitely some times where I've heard that where it's like certain tracks in the Lion King, for example, um, the Lion King's a really, really interesting piece to look, uh, to compare Super NES versus Genesis on because, I personally prefer overall the Super Nintendo soundtrack of The Lion King um, mm. because there are certain like the, the, the hums and things like that. And really kind of the direction that they go with some of the tracks is I feel like a lot more, I guess full's not the word that I'm looking for. It just has a very different tone to it. But there okay. are some tracks in that game where you can you can hear the Genesis version is just, it sounds full. And when it switches over to Super Nintendo, they're playing the same notes. There's the same number of notes happening, but it sounds hollow because mm -hmm. there's just a complete lack of sustain on certain things that exists in the Genesis sound chip. It's, it's really, really interesting compare and contrast. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, especially hearing something like this, this kind of like funky music. I feel like I've heard better versions of that on Genesis. Maybe that's just Toe Jam and Earl talking <laughs> because <laughs> this track reminded me a lot of like something that I would hear in Toe Jam and Earl, except it's, it's a lot more full. Um, the Toe Jam and Earl stuff was very, very, uh, I guess kind of reserved in a lot of ways, very kind of chirpy, um, clicky a little bit. And this mm -hmm. was a lot more fleshed out, but uh, it's, it, this was, this was a great track. This is super fun. To to be fair, something like Lost Vikings is is a bit of an anomaly. I think it came at a time where music was starting to really. I mean, it's it's a Super Nintendo game. You know how many years now have we? Uh, ninety two released in ninety two. Uh, I think if you really give the whole soundtrack a listen, and then but also to be familiar with the game because you only get one level. Uh, the it's and it's the first level where. The Vikings are in technically their home turf of what we think Vikings were living in the forest and the woods and grass huts and, you know, things like that. After that, the storyline gets way weird because a UFO comes and abducts them and takes them <laughs> all kinds of crazy places. So the soundtrack only gets more bizarre from there. So that's probably the most tame track. Um, and even that track is funky. And by standards i guess which we may be setting forward for the rest of the episode it might not actually fit with it because as you mentioned before with donkey kong you get these really cheerful 
you know, sleigh bell kind of tracks, and then you get these really desolate, you know, windswept landscape tracks, and there's kind of no middle ground, and this might be the only one in the whole episode that really stands out like, holy cow, you know? Yeah, it definitely didn't evoke cold to me at first, no. but there's something about the instrumentation of the do 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 the instrument they chose for that kind of gave it that little bit of again it's another it's another like it. whistle there's like a yeah yeah kind of so maybe there's something to be said for that whistle we listened to the the Mario track it's got the whistle mm. maybe that's maybe it's a new instrument we can make synonymous with cold weather perhaps maybe we're breaking ground here <laughs> Or maybe we're just two guys that, that really like video game music, you know, whatever. It, it, it can't be both. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on, let's man. move on to our track number three. Uh, it's my turn again. And surprise, I picked the <laughs> track by David Wise. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> because I can't I can't avoid it. And this was, this was actually the first one that came to my mind when uh, we were talking about potential other ice levels. This was the first <laughs> thing that jumped out of my mind. I was like, you know, there's a really kick-ass... Um, like a uh, freezing fun, a, a, a cold track in Donkey Kong Land. So this is Donkey Kong Land for the Game Boy. This is the first sequel to Donkey Kong Country that has one of my favorite video game stories of all time, which is that uh, Cranky Kong says to Donkey Kong, well, Donkey Kong Country was a big success, but it's only because the graphics were really good. I bet if your game was on the Game Boy and was in black and white, nobody would buy it. And so, <laughs> I absolutely love that plot. I'm a big fan of, of self-awareness in entertainment. There's some, some serious fourth wall breaking. I mean, I, the, none of that's in the game. It's all in the instruction manual, which is, which is brilliant. The instruction oh, manual for this game is fantastic. great. Because uh, there's not a lot of cutscenes in 2D platformers on, on black and white no. Game Boy. So, yeah, yeah, no. so the track that we're about to listen to is, like I said, from Donkey Kong Land. It's called Freezing Fun or Snowy Pig Wings. I've seen it listed as both of those titles. Um, <laughs> boy, I don't know which one I like better. Snowy Pig Wings is very interesting, but Freezing Fun has that alliteration going on there. So I don't know. But either way, it's for, by <laughs> David Wise, uh, famous for Wizards and Warriors, Battletoads, RC Pro-Am, lots of other stuff with Rare. Uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant composer, and this is a brilliant, brilliant song. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Here is Freezing Frun from Donkey Kong Land. Freezing Fun or Snowy Pig Wings from Donkey Kong Land. 
and it is such a David Wise track. I, I particularly you can really hear similarities in the way this song works if you if you compare it to Wizards and Warriors, uh, Iron Sword Wizards and Warriors two, and Battletoads. There's just these very specific pieces and the kind of whistly sound, the do 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 do, like that was a very whistly sound. Yet again, here we are. Mm-hmm. Winter whistles. Uh- yeah. We're on to something, Matt. <laughs> we, I, hey, man, you know, you bring me on board. This is what happens. We start breaking <laughs> new ground. Everybody hold on. Um, I, I'll agree with you. Uh, it's a very, now I'm going to say it's a very David Wise track, like I'm a David Wise expert. But uh, what I did notice, in fact, was it was very similar to the track that I brought on for the Halloween episode, which was from um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Right. Uh, it has the same uh, pacing. It has mm-hmm. a tempo change. Like, that was awesome. I did not expect that. And I thought that was friggin' great. That was really fantastic. When <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm just watching the waveforms because uh, we're, I don't know how you, we're, we're looking at it through um, Dropbox. So I could see the waveforms. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at things and I'm like, oh, I wonder what happens there. And just, <laughs> right, when it, got, when it got to their air quotes, that's what it was. And I said, oh, and I like a big smile. It's really good. It's a really good track, and oh, I'm really cool. impressed. I'm really impressed that it came off of something like a Game Boy cartridge. Oh, I, I, I love regular Game Boy music. It's there's a reason. Original Game Boy is is probably one of the most popular instruments for creating chip tunes, like with yeah. programs like LSDJ, and it's just because you can get so much cool, very, very, very bold sounds out of a Game Boy. And I love, love, love David Wise's Game Boy stuff. It's it's phenomenal. And particularly the Donkey Kong Land soundtrack is, I think, just so overlooked. It's such a wonderful thing because, you know, you you think of Donkey Kong Country music and there's so many iconic songs from Country 1 and 2. Yeah, absolutely. And there's Donkey Kong Land was different in that it was almost all original compositions for Donkey Kong Land, whereas uh, once you got to Land 2 and Land 3, they became more like, these are the portable ports of Donkey Kong Country 2 and Country mm. 3. Whereas DK Land was a very, it was its own completely unique thing. It took place right after Donkey Kong Country. Like, you you leave the pirate ship, very similar to in Donkey Kong Country 2, where it starts off in the pirate ship. So, uh, Donkey Kong Land's a really cool game. It hasn't aged <laughs> extraordinarily well. Um mm. I still love it to death, but it is very kind of difficult to get your get your bearings in it because it's you know these big sprites, small screen. There's a lot of issues with trying to cram a Donkey Kong Country style game into a tiny black and white Game Boy. But I think they did a very admirable job, and and this track is is just one of many really 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 good ones. I would I would like to uh, really do a DK Land episode at some point, but there's so many other games to get to first. But I'm really yeah. glad I could uh, just kind of squeeze this one in there because I, it's I great. feel like every time you and I talk about doing the show, we come up with like three more games. Like, oh, we should do this one. <laughs> oh, it'd be great if we did. The- we're gonna. <laughs> we're never running out of stuff. I mean, so long as they make great games and so long as great games exist, we're never gonna run out of stuff. And that's always. It's a blessing and a curse because then we sit here and we go, oh, we really should do this. It's like, well, just add it to the list, man. I know. I know my my list of of games to choose from. Like I have literally years, especially if we continue only doing it once a month. <laughs> once a like, month. Yeah. Years of, of episodes planned because there's just so much great video game music I love. But uh, and a lot of it's by David Wise. Absolutely. This is definitely a great track track. Um, you know, I think uh, since I started the show with you. Uh, I think at least one episode, uh, once rather per episode, a David Weiss track has come up and I'm absolutely, absolutely quickly becoming a fan. So 
There you have it. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's move on to track number four. And speaking of being a fan, the ultimate series, in my opinion, Metroid, spawning Metroid mm. Prime. Oh, man. So Love me some Metroid. Uh, Metroid Prime, if I'm not mistaken, was the first first-person shooter starring our heroine, Samus. It's the um, first 3D Metroid, yes. Yeah, fantastic game. They did such a great job. Controls may have been a little clunky, I think, but once they got it to the Wii, utilizing the nunchuck, it just took off. But that being said, like every good franchise, Mario, Metroid, Donkey Kong, every the big franchise, they all have their snow levels, their ice levels. Um, and apparently my original track was already covered and not wanting to be that guy, Johnny Come Lately, chose something else. Uh, that falls into the same uh, falls from the same the same arena really that same section of mm-hmm. uh, of the game talent uh, for yes so the track I chose is called Ice Chapel from Metroid Prime the the very first Metroid Prime it's uh, composed it's it's got two credits for composers Kenji Yamamoto and Kouchi Kiyama Kuma. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Koichi Kiyuma. What Chris said, <laughs> but um, uh, both these gentlemen have uh, you know a few things under their belt. Uh, Kenji has uh, work on Donkey Kong Country Returns, uh, the Metroid series, um, stuff like that. Uh, uh, Kiyama did um, uh, Super Mario Maker. Well, without further ado. This is track four, Ice Chapel from Metroid Prime. Enjoy. Oh. 
Ice Chapel from the original Metroid Prime, which was released November 17, 2002. I think, um, I think it's safe to say that that's the first track we've listened to so far where we hear that um, desolate ice planet. Uh, you get that vibe of really being alone and uh, cold and just, I don't want to be Agreed. here. Agreed. <laughs> I would definitely say that the Donkey Kong Land track fits into that category as well, but not nearly as much as this one. This this one really feels like uh, the example. You know, you talk about desolate, you know, lonely tracks, very void of anything. You, you point to that when you're like Ice Chapel. You want to hear a really lonely track? Listen to Ice Chapel from Metroid Prime. <laughs> this isn't like, yay, snow day. This is like, no. I'm cold. There are wolves after me. <laughs> Best Simpsons quote ever. <laughs> I love. I, I I'll quote that randomly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it. You know, I think really what um helps kind of fuel that vision of uh, loneliness on a cold and desolate planet with the wolves chasing you. Is you start with the um the voices. You. I I feel like if you have the that particular set of voices, and then. You add in that uh, pseudo synth wind, uh, you know, sound. You've got yourself a, a winter soundtrack. Uh, yeah, and I mean, really, this entire area—the um, track that you originally wanted to go with was the Fendrana Drifts yes. uh, theme that we listened to on last year's winter special, which is uh, one of the most perfect wintry ice tracks ever. And this entire area of the game is just one of the most, I guess, memorable snow levels I've ever seen. It definitely, it definitely is. I mean, the baby she goths alone, like the monsters that are in this area, are great. But just mm -hmm. there's just something about this area that's really, really memorable and really, really evoked that sense of of loneliness and and being frozen. And I, I guess there really hadn't been much of that in Metroid games before this. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there were too many. Yeah, there weren't too many ice levels or anything. You had the Brinstar depths, but I never really considered that frozen because everything was pink. I just kind of thought it was just weird plant life or something. So, <laughs> right, like uh, funky planet. That was, yeah, that was in Super Metroid. But you know, there definitely wasn't a frozen area in the original Metroid, and uh, nothing in Metroid Two because you were all just traveling underground. There's lots of lava. Um, yeah, I think this was really the first proper snow level in a Metroid game, and Samus looks so cool in snow. <laughs> it's yes. a, it's a great contrast with the orange. But this is this is a, a wonderful track. Uh, the thing about the Metroid Prime soundtrack is it doesn't really fit in the category of types of music that I like to listen to uh, just on their own. Like I tend to like to listen to stuff that's a lot more um, melody focused. But the Metroid Prime soundtrack is is so good at being ambient music like uh kenji yamamoto and and, and kiyoma did just wonderful work on the soundtrack to metroid prime and there are definitely some songs in metroid prime that are very memorable and and, and kind of catchy um but man the, the this kind of stuff is really what this uh this this game just bleeds everywhere and that feeling has carried on through almost every metroid game system since up and up into including the um uh, Samus Returns that just uh, came out on 3DS and and won handheld game of the year at the Game Awards. Thank you. Very Hello. Much. Um, a really really awesome game and and a great great pick. I'm I'm really glad you picked this one. I'm always happy to talk Metroid Prime. <laughs> you and me both, man. I I love. I you know in listening to this, I sat around and I was like, you know, I have a Wii. I got no games. 
I should really get the trilogy. So I've been yeah, you should hunting for a good price on the trilogy. So we'll uh, I'll check back in next month. I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll splurge for Christmas for myself or something. <laughs> well, uh, it's it is definitely man. The 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 Metroid Prime trilogy is great. I I I've never been very good at first person shooters. Uh, if you listen to the uh, Stone Age Gamer podcast, you've probably heard me regale the audience with tales of dying in doom uh which i'm still really <laughs> enjoying but i'm not very good at it uh <laughs> metroid prime was one of the first first person shooters and uh, since the original doom where you didn't really have to deal with looking up and down it was just a lot of auto aiming yeah. that lock-on mechanic really made that game shine for me and and i felt like i was really good at that game because i was able to lock on to enemies and stuff i got very good with the controls in metroid prime Right, um, and I haven't been as good at a first-person shooter since, really. Um, but the the GameCube version of Metroid Prime, my my God, what a day! What a day for Metroid fans uh, that was, because we got for the first time, and I think it was an eight-year lull. We skipped over the entire Nintendo 64 uh, generation, and now oh, yeah. all of a sudden we've got Metroid Fusion, a brand new 2D Metroid game for Game Boy Advance, and Metroid Prime on uh, GameCube, and God, taking those two games home on day one. I remember I remember opening up the boxes for that. I was working at Toys R Us, and I was working with my co-host uh, from Stone Age Gamer, Dan. And we were both there, and we got to open up the box with the brand new Metroid games and pulling them out like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I, I sh- one of the games that has surprised me the most, I mean, when I heard originally that uh, Metroid Prime was going to be a first-person shooter developed by an unproven American studio, I was not happy <laughs> to say the least uh in fact i was uh the the one of my claims to fame yes uh i was the letter of the month at electronic gaming monthly uh i forget hey. the issue number but uh it was when i was complaining that all right so the new mario game that's coming out he's a gender uh metroid prime is a first person shooter by an american developer and legend of zelda the wind waker looks like a freaking cartoon what what is happening in the world and i was proven very wrong by all three of those games especially metroid prime and wind waker wind waker being my favorite game of all time and metroid prime being one of my favorite metroid games uh it's a freaking masterpiece and this is a one of many great tracks in said game yeah absolutely i can't i can't say enough good things about the, the metroid prime series well uh since uh since matt and i are, are doing our usual thing of just talking and talking. yeah yeah we're gonna move on to our next track uh i mean it is a talk show right it is it's true it is a show about us talking i just <laughs> always I, I i always look up in the corner of my screen and be like oh man it's late and there's a lot of tracks left <laughs> i know i did the same thing i'm like oh we've been talking too long but you know what it's it's super fun i'm i'm i, I love doing it so let's move on to track number five uh this this one I kind of kicked myself for because as soon as this popped into my head, I said, I cannot believe I did not do this last year. This is one of my favorite soundtracks. Um, actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure I, I know why I didn't do it last year because I think we did. We just recently did an episode on this game um, where I'm talking about Blaster Master for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, it's in my top 10 NES games, maybe in my top 10 games of all time. Blaster Master is is a freaking masterpiece of a game. And in no small part, that is because of the brilliant, 
brilliant soundtrack of Blaster Master uh, by Naoki Kodaka, who's responsible for uh, other great soundtracks like Journey to Silius, the NES Batman game, Spy Hunter for NES. There's so many great games that Kodaka is responsible for. Um, really, this very unique Sunsoft feel and sound to them. Um, Sunsoft games for the NES had a very very distinct flavor, and Blaster Master, I feel like, was really the pinnacle of that. Um, it was an earlier game than some of their later stuff, which they did. Uh, yeah, an earlier game than their later stuff. Good, good, good talking. <laughs> um, they they eventually moved on to to accomplish some really really impressive feats and 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 stuff like Euphoria the Saga, like just visually very impressive things squeezing out of the NES. But the art direction in the original Blaster Master is so damn good. It's just it's amazing, and this music, the entire soundtrack is ridiculous. This track is one of the more energetic. Um, ice tracks but for some reason i i don't know if it's just because i have the um the connection to the game itself but this music even for as energetic as it is it always makes it just reminds me of ice it sounds cold to me and i I, i'm i'm curious matt what is your experience with blaster master if any um i'm familiar with the series but i'm i've never played um i've never played so that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, then, in that case, let's listen to the track. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this one. So here we go. Our track number five is Area 6 from Blaster Master for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy. <laughs> that song i love that song so much <sighs> oh okay so i'll, I'll uh, i guess this is the part where i tell you what i feel um no i'm kidding the i like it i like it a lot um it definitely a sight unseen i can i can almost guess that it's an ice level there's something about it that that um points in the direction of an ice level and i'm not entirely sure what i can't quite put my finger on it it's a really good track actually just as far as um you know, video game music uh, is concerned. I really liked it. Um, but yeah, having never played Blaster Master, um, I'm very unfamiliar with the source material. 
But uh, yeah, like I said, there's something that um, points in the direction of an ice level. I don't, I don't know. I, I, maybe you'll be able to say something that I'm missing. Well, I mean, um, I, I feel like it might even be some, somewhat the instrumentation. Like, um, it's kind of like that, almost like the, the, I don't know what you would even call the, the instrument almost sounds like the like vibes or whatever. It's, it's got a very mm-hmm. kind of echoey thing going on, but, um, I, st- I, I can't really put my finger on what it is about this track that makes it so, makes it seem cold, but I can tell you what I love about the track and it is, it, it's, it's how intense it is, uh, I, the the whole intro the 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 beginning part of it where it's just kind of going the the, the entire time and mm-hmm. then it kind of pull pulls the drums back into just a more traditional drum beat with kind of a little uh like almost a shaker sound going on mm-hmm. uh, in the in the background and that that bass line the continuous the 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 constant movement of the bass line is so impressive uh and to, to get to the point where it eventually the bass line and the main melody kind of match up and they get just they're just kind of rolling that like that is just kind of moving underneath the entire track and it's what's interesting is that that bass line is so based on movement and this stage itself is very based on movement because it's an ice level and you're always sliding around and mm. the um the the animation for your vehicles wheels spinning around is 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 has always been one of my favorite things about the nes the look of the nes game is just it it seems so fluid and uh it's 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 pretty darn nice how that kind of matches up of just the the kind of a constant intensity because you could very easily slip off and get trapped places in this level like there's there's big falls that you could take and um it's an intense level but it's at the same time kind of methodical like you have to be very precise with what you're doing and the fact that this music is so energetic kind of makes you want to move and 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 get things done but you can't so like the the, it kind of creates this tension in the level artificially by uh mixing this very intense music with a rather a firmly plotted stage it's 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 brilliant it's just brilliant (laughs) Uh, you should write a book, man. <laughs> you just you just made me kind of like excited in my pants for a game I've never played. So, I should do a podcast about video game music. <laughs> dude, that's a brilliant idea. Just just make sure you get a good co-host, some someone who knows what they're talking about. That's that's all I can. That's the only advice I can give you. <laughs> well, I'm really glad you liked the track. Uh, no, I, absolutely, I, absolutely. Everything you said about that was friggin' brilliant. I I even um. Some of the things that, that come to mind when, when we were talking about uh, plotting out this episode were ice levels and the mechanics they use in them, the tropes, which are, you know, it's, there's, there's ice on the ground, so you land and you slide, you know, and you're like, oh, and you fall and you die and you're all mad and stuff, and next time you remember there's ice. So it's funny, excuse me, that you, you mentioned the, the slipping and sliding because I was thinking about that, pl- you know, plotting out some of, these, uh, some of these tracks and the games they come from. Ah, oh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, why don't you hit us up with our next track, uh, which is one I did not see coming, and I have <laughs> lots of thought. Like, this is such an interesting track. I'm so glad you picked this. Um. Oh, yeah. No, we, we actually kind of got into it a little bit before uh, rolling, and we said, no, this is going to be a good conversation. We could feel it. Let's, let's have it on, quote-unquote, on air. So, um, you know, Christmas is upon us as we record this. We're uh, approximately two weeks out, and, you know, I like when you set out and say we're going to do an episode about this whether it's spooky music 
you know, what that means, uh, you know, um, shop music and what that means. So I like sometimes to go straight forward and say, here's some shop music. Here's some ice level music. But every now and again, I think to myself, well, what constitutes a shop? What constitutes an ice level? Is an ice level just covered in snow? Because if it's just covered in snow, then I'm going to I'm going to use the letter here and say, hmm, I got something for you. So Batman Returns for the Super Nintendo. Now, if you're familiar with the Batman franchise as uh, under the guiding hand of Tim Burton, the second film takes place around Christmas time in Gotham and Gotham is covered in snow. So why shouldn't the video game be covered in snow? And there you have it. So this track uh, I found, when I found it, it was entitled Cutscene 2. When Chris, who is a master finder, found it, it was called <laughs> Meeting Selena Kyle. So this track from Batman Returns, the Super Nintendo edition, was written, or excuse me, was, uh, we couldn't quite actually find a, a credit for it, could we? Not a specific credit for the for this individual song. I, I think it's a. This is one of those situations where it's an older game by committee, and there's just really, with the exception of actually talking to those people, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any real way to just determine who did specifically what track. And maybe they all work together on all the tracks. Who knows? Like maybe they yeah. all contributed something. And we also have a wee bit of speculation, which we will lay upon you when we come out of the track uh, as to the composer. But uh, without further ado, there you have it. Batman Returns for Super Nintendo, meeting Selena Kyle. lot of things to unwrap here no pun intended indeed (laughs) i can make bad jokes too (laughs) (laughs) um so leading into the track they said we had a a bit of speculation uh prior to starting the episode we'd started a conversation one of the things that i think uh why we couldn't find a specific or any really kind of name to put to it is I wouldn't be too surprised if that's actually a Danny Elfman track that they ported over using um, the samples and what have you for the console. I feel super confident that that's that that song is in the movie. Like it, I yeah. I know that movie so well. It's been a couple of years since I've watched it, but I feel Same. super confident that that is in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I again. Let's. I, I say we just give credit where credit's due, and I say Danny Elfman wrote it. it. It sounds like a Danny Elfman track. If you're familiar with his more macabre stuff, working in conjunction with Tim Burton, it just it just sounds like a Tim Burton soundtrack to a Danny Elfman composed movie. 
Well, here's the thing. There is definitely, like I can say with 100% certainty, there is at least a smidgen of Danny Offman in there. In right that at the, the end. The last couple of notes, mm-hmm. they are the Batman the Animated Series theme. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So at the very least, there is that. And I, I find it really interesting that they tacked that little piece on there. I am now um, poking around in um, uh, the Batman Returns soundtrack to see if I can... Find. <laughs> find something um you know one of the interesting things about doing this podcast that i find is um i'll have a memory of a video game and i hate to say it but for the most part i actually don't remember the music per se some things will stick out like when you get stuck on a level for two three days at most and you're just hearing that music is incessantly driven into your head just because through no fault of your own you keep failing and you keep trying and so on and so forth so when it comes time to choose a track or whatever you know my thought process is all over the place where i'm gonna go uh you know what criteria am i using to pick a track so when i eventually settle on when i settle in the ballpark of a video game i listen to the soundtrack and i'll pick things out and then once i'm fairly certain i know what i want or i'm 100 percent certain i know what i want I make my notes and then I'll go and I'll watch um, playthroughs of the game if I don't own it or, you know, I'll see where the music sits in the actual game because sometimes like watching a movie, when you listen to a particular track from a movie, a particular uh, piece of a score without the visuals, you might be able to, to drum up the visual in your head. You might not be able to. But then when you listen to it and you're not able to, you tend to create something new, uh, some new visual. So sometimes I like I I really appreciate being able to do that. The Internet is just a magical place. If you haven't checked it out, you probably should. Um, But that being said, (laughs) how are you listening to this podcast without the Internet? (laughs) Uh, Strings and two cups. Um, That being said, (laughs) the fact that the uh, Batman... Uh, animated melody is at the end, you know, sight unseen. It's part of a cut scene. I can only imagine that, you know, they do that little like winky winky. If you're meeting Selena Kyle, my guess is it's Bruce Wayne. I don't quite remember the film that much. So something tells me there's like a little like, Oh, he's Batman, you know, ow, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) But yeah, disembodied music. <laughs> Disembodied music, you know, you come up with things. Uh, I'm a strange person, if you haven't noticed already. That's <laughs> why we love you. <laughs> Aww. Well, I like. I mean, I loved Batman Returns. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it in such a long time, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it has aged as well as I hope it did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so into the 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 original Batman Batman 1989 movie. I was into that. Oh, like, yeah. Like. Because I was such a huge Batman fanatic as a little kid uh, from the Adam West show. That was um, one of my absolute favorite TV shows. I was obsessed with that show. And obviously, I I wasn't alive in the 60s when it was on, but it was on in syndication. And I I watched those repeats all the time. Loved it. And when the 1989 Batman movie came out and it was like, oh, my God, it's it's dark and serious Batman. and, And I'm oh my god <laughs> i don't know how to handle this and <laughs> and it just it, it it went from there and when it came time for there to be a sequel i was like oh my god they're doing the penguin because for some reason i really love the penguin 
I loved okay. the penguin in the old uh, Burgess Meredith in the old uh, show. I loved the penguin. Very I loved iconic. his action figure with the super cool umbrellas that shot stuff. And when I saw they were doing the penguin, I was like, oh my God, how are they going to do this? It's going to be so freaky. And it was so freaky. It was so, so freaky. I loved Danny DeVito's creepy, Fantastic. creepy penguin. One of the most quoted things in my entire life is, it could be worse. Your nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> <laughs> and then he bites the guy's face. My favorite Danny DeVito penguin line is got to be, uh, I was my parents' number one, but they treated me like number two. <laughs> I didn't get that when I was a kid. <laughs> no, right? You oh watch it God. again as an adult and you're like, oh, they made a poop joke. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, so I actually I've never played this game. Um, this was hard as hell. One of those games that I wanted <laughs> so badly, and I just never got. Like I was on my Christmas list and stuff, just never got it. <laughs> oh man, it was hard as hell. My a friend of mine had it, and we tried so hard to beat this game. It was so hard, so so hard. So, like, but getting back to the music itself, I I loved as soon as you as soon as you sent over this track and I, and I, I played it, I was like, oh man, this is this is that music. This is music from that yeah. movie coming out of a Super Nintendo, and that's awesome. Um, I I love it when um you, you hear video game adaptations of movie themes, especially you know before you know back when video game music was such a separate entity from just regular music, you know, you, you couldn't use yeah. real instruments for everything. Like Mm-mm. just God, like the, the, the Goonies two, um, Cindy Lauper song, you know, like th- that's, that's so awesome. They're top gun for NES. Like there's so, I, right. I love listening to movie music coming like different interpretations of that stuff. And particularly going back to what I was saying of super NES versus Genesis, I love listening to different instrumentations of uh the same songs and so hearing this coming out of the super nintendo was this is a really neat track for me to hear and um obviously it's short but uh it's 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 uh it's a good one now our next yeah, track uh, it does is exactly not what it's supposed short. to do sorry <laughs> no go ahead um, no 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 i'm 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 done <laughs> So yes, our, our next track is very not short, so uh, feel free to strap in for this one. It's almost five minutes long, but uh, that's what you get when you listen to music from the spectacular Nights <laughs> into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. Um, I love this game, and uh, I, I, this is another one I can't believe I didn't think of for, for last year. And I think it's because whenever I think of nights at this time of year, I think about uh, Christmas Nights, which is the special Christmasized version of a couple of stages from the games that Sega gave out a long time ago. It's, it's that tradition that I like to play every single year. But uh, I just totally kind of glossed over this one, and I'm glad I'm finally getting to it. This, uh, this track is called Frozen Bell, or uh, Take the Snow Train. And it is from <laughs> Nights into Dreams, which is a, a, a Sonic Team joint. Uh, let's see. This track was composed by um, Naofumi Hataya, who uh, did music in the Sega Master System version of Sonic 2, uh, Ristar, and uh, another game that I think I've played on this show before, and I can't remember why. No, I didn't play. I talked about this game on Stone Age Gamer before. Uh, the really a really unique Wii game called Let's Tap, uh, which is a game about putting your Wii remote face down and then tapping whatever it's on to make your characters do things. It's a 
brilliant, brilliant little game. Um, and the 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 soundtrack to Nights is the soundtrack to Nights is kind of like sums up my feelings of the Sega Saturn. It just has this very specific, clean sound to it. Um, that's very much a product of its time, but it's very very joyful, which is I guess kind of what Nights is about is just being joyful and flying through the sky and. This comes from the ice stage, uh, which doesn't make a huge difference because you're flying, uh, but it's still <laughs> very pretty, and I'm glad we get to listen to this track. So strap yourselves in. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Here is Frozen Bell from Nights into Dreams.
have it. That is uh, Frozen Bell from the Magnificent Nights and Dreams for Sega Saturn. Uh, Matt, have you played this game? Um, yeah, actually, uh, I remember when it came out. Um, I remember actually the advertisements for the game and thinking, "Oh my god, like that game is fast! Look at it, it's crazy! It's flying all over the place!" It's, it was at the time it was very cool and very uh, three dimensional, and there's a lot of um, a lot of movement, a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Depth. There was a lot of depth to that game. I'd only played it a handful of times. I never really got a lot of uh, face time with it per se. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I <laughs> I remember thinking like, "Oh, this game's gonna be really cool," and then playing it and kind of saying like, "Hmm, okay." I wasn't like bowled over by it, I suppose. But then again, I really wasn't a big Sega guy. I definitely was more of a Nintendo guy growing up. Um, even having owned a Sega Genesis at one point, I there wasn't um like I'm not a big Sonic guy. I know a lot of people really love the Sonic uh series and all its iterations. It never um it never did much for me, but I can appreciate like you know, obviously as an adult I can look back and appreciate what it's done for other games and and you know, pushing boundaries and and things like that. I'm fired again, aren't I? Oh, god no, no. No, I am a <laughs> I'm a fan of the original Sonic games, um the Genesis ones and to an extent the Master System ones. Uh 3D Sonic onwards, it's been kind of a kind of a slog for me. Um mm-hmm. my my history with the Sonic series is weird, but um the uh let's see. Um this game in particular always kind of uh, was a very weird thing for me. Uh you said that it was like very 3D with a lot of depth and what what always kind of weirded me out about it is that it looks like that. Uh when you mm-hmm. look at this game it looks like it's just complete freedom of flying, but this game isn't even really 3D. It's Mm-mm. you're moving on a 2D plane that's just kind of you know, moving around in a sort of a 3D look, but it's it's very much a 2D game and it's just there's very little in the way of action. It's just uh it's it's almost like a racing game, like a constant time trial. It's <clears throat> it's such a weird, weird game, and I get why it didn't catch on, because it's not super accessible. Like it's neat and it's joyous. Um, but it's it's a very niche thing. It's like a it kind of reminds me of uh, product number nine on GameCube, which is such a weird thing to liken this to, but it's like if it clicks with you it clicks with you like hard <laughs> but if it but if it's not that specific subset of people that it'd be like wow this game about flying in a 2d space and flipping around and listening to super happy music like this is the best thing ever and whereas product number nine is like okay this is extremely boring it's about shooting the same robot over and over again in a series of white corridors but it's actually kind of more than that. It's 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 kind of like a it's kind of like just a two D shooter, but from a weird perspective with a dancing chick. Uh, it's just it's <laughs> such it's such a very specific kind of game that uh, I love to death and was very let down by the sequel. Um, and we waited so long for a sequel. Finally came out on Wii, and it was just kind of okay. Um, but the music in this game is. Uh, like I said before, it's very indicative of that that kind of just that feeling of that era. Like all the all mm-hmm. the samples and, and the, the the song, like the the kind of drum beat that it is. It's all very like uh, it, it's just so clean. Uh, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And um, 
You know, this song, uh, you take out the jingly bells, and this song isn't wintry really at all. It's uh, right, but you add those yeah. little jingle bells in there, and it's like, okay, this is the ice level. I get it because it's got the jingly bells, and that's what it's all about. But uh, no, I, I love this game, and I really love its soundtrack. And uh, this is another one of those games I really look forward to doing a, a full episode on. I, I think you really touched on something there when you said the music was indicative of the time. And I think um, I think you kind of uh, hit that nail on the head because I was trying. I think I was circling the drain when I was talking about uh, Lost Vikings. The music for Lost Vikings is indicative of that time. They came out, excuse me, at the relative, you know, maybe within a year or two or three of each other. And I think at that time the music was, or the music composers and I think the game leaders were saying, you know, we need some really like, we need music with energy. We need music that's like for lack of a better term, leaps off the page, some stuff that maybe would stand alone. And, and here we are now, all these years later, talking about music in standalone mode. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, I think you hit that nail on the head better than I could have um, uh, about the music being indicative. Uh, so, if we may, I, I will uh, take a step forward and move on to our next track. Yes, indeed. You seem to be known for this game as much as I'm known for David Wise at this point. <laughs> Well, you know, if I can somehow uh, get every track from this game on this show, track by track, then I'm like, I'll be okay. This without, is great doing it, Ca- without doing an individual episode. <laughs> just, no, yeah, only specials. Oh, yeah, no, only in specials. There's this great Johnny Cash song where he uh, works at the Cadillac uh, plant building Cadillacs, and he wants his own Cadillac. So he's like, well, I can't afford it, so I'm just going to steal it one piece at a time. And the song's called One Piece at a Time, so... That's my uh, inspiration for this. Uh, But uh, more seriously, (laughs) last episode, our uh, Black Friday episode, I brought up a game by the name of ActRaiser. And if you listened to the last episode, you probably heard me gush about how much I loved this game. There's a lot of great stuff about the game. I'll do my best not to bore you about it. But sound design, music, gameplay, the two modes of gameplay, rather, Um, you know, the city city building simulator. There you go. And then, of course, the 2D uh, platformer. Um, the, the, excuse me, the track is called uh, North Wall, and it was, again, composed by Yuzo Koshiro, who, again, is also known for the Reve- Revenge of Shinobi and the Streets of Rage series. Uh, I- I'm not even going to mince words, man. I just want to get to it. I love me some ActRaiser. I hope you do, too. North Wall, ActRaiser, here we go.
the soothing sounds of Actraiser. Now, I don't know if it's just that I know the color of the box is blue, but for some reason that just made me think of cold. And I, again, I can't really put my finger on why. There's, um, I think there's this sound, there's this particular sound. You'd mentioned it before about echo. Um, mm -hmm. it could be a, a kind of crystal like echo or reverb that comes with some of these, uh, tracks that come off of snow or winter or ice levels that perhaps, um, we've been conditioned to hear snow or ice for some reason after all these years of, you know, playing video games and the snow levels, the lava levels, the desert levels and so on and so forth. So, uh, when I hear that track again, it falls into that category of kind of sparse. Um, there's nothing necessarily, uh, desolate about it, but you're right. There is a kind of effect on the tail of every note that gives a kind of crystal-like uh, vibe to it, almost like, um, I don't know, Elsa's Castle in Frozen or something. You know, you think of these big towering ice blocks and what it would sound like being in there. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either, but uh, it, is, it is a very, very lovely track. Um, this is... Um... This is interesting because it's a uh, it's Enix, and I know that Square and Enix were two separate entities back when this game came out. Right, but they're still using a lot of the same uh, samples. Like mm -hmm. this music is not so far removed from stuff that you would hear in a Final Fantasy game on Super Nintendo, which is is really interesting. Yeah, because they were you know they were the two big they were the two big houses at the time, you know. <laughs> Uh, as far as making RPGs go on that platform. And uh, it's, it's, um, what is that? That, the, the kind of the bling, bling, the kind of that, um, like a harp. Guitar. What's a harp? That's the word I'm looking for. Jeez. Uh, that, that kind of, <laughs> you know, consistent, you know, splingy, splingy that. Uh, and it's, it's, <laughs> it is, it, it is kind of a downer of a track, but it's also, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of, what are you doing in the game when when this is going on? Because I, I, it's like I almost feel like it's it's not shop music. It's not. I almost feel like it's town music in a traditional RPG. So yeah, what are you, what are you doing in this? Yeah, you you know conventionally, traditionally, you would be right. You're this is actually a uh, a platforming portion of the game where you're traversing ice caverns and hacking your way through to the end. Of, really, the this is this is for an action area. Oh, that's yeah, fascinating. As, as far as I remember. Of course, wow. now I want to go look this up and double check because now I'm now I'm concerned that I'm completely wrong, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally possible. It's been it's been uh, the better part of ten years since I've actually played this game. Excuse me, physically. I can totally uh, see that. Like, and that, that's, that's a, particularly in Super Nintendo because it reminds me a bit of um, you know, some of the more uh. Uh, ambient type music in Super Castlevania 4, you know, where you get to this stage and it is an action stage. You're whipping and, and jumping and all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's uh, the, the music is very similar to this. Very, um, I'm thinking particularly of that, that white cave level with all the, the rock mud monster guys that you whip over and over again and they get smaller and smaller. Um, Ooh, I, that was one of those are one of my favorite uh, enemies actually. Yeah, it's a really cool stage. 
but this music kind of reminds me of that. So I could, I could definitely see this. And, you know, now that I've thought about it for a second, I could definitely see this as an action stage, uh, which, which is such a cool thing to, to think about. Cause it just reminded me of that awesome Castlevania stage. And yeah, I guess that would really work. I love it when they play with expectations well, like that. Now that I'm, now that I'm kind of scrolling through a bit of these playthroughs here, there is another more, uh, upbeat kind of like action go get them mm -hmm. uh, like a track but it's i think it comes so the the levels are in parts so the first act you get the track we just listened to and then um you have these other portions of the north wall the levels called north wall so you have these other portions to the levels. so as you you know, a game progresses with you and then you hit that screen that doesn't move anymore to the right and you move on, you you know, and everything changes. So I, the, then you move on to the more extreme music, the more uh, heart-pounding action music you might be uh, accustomed to or, or what you're thinking of, perhaps. What you would generally expect from an action stage. Right, yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, well, thank you very much for, again, sharing a piece of ActRaiser. I will get around to playing this game someday. <laughs> <laughs> it's on that long list right it is it is on the long long list uh speaking of games that i will eventually spend more time with and beat uh let us move on to our next track which is the track that we opened the episode with this is a uh, haya haya island from super adventure island 2 for the super nintendo entertainment system uh i <sighs> all right let's see here so the lineage of adventure island is is always super fun to think about because it it stems from wonder boy and uh, yep. whereas, you know, the original Wonder Boy and, and the original Adventure Island are the same game, Adventure <laughs> Island uh, went off on its own route that uh, really kind of built on what the original Adventure <laughs> Island slash Wonder Boy did, whereas Wonder Boy traveled in a more Zelda 2-ish kind of direction, like more like slight RPG elements and exploration. What's super cool about Super Adventure Island 2 is, is that it has come full circle, and Super Adventure Island 2 is very similar to Zelda 2, uh, and thusly similar to games like Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. Um, it does have more in common with Zelda 2, where it's a uh, you've got a top-down map, and you can run into enemies and do these little BS uh, fight segments or whatever, but um, it is a game that is more about exploration, and uh, it's got a really, really cool soundtrack. It's a late Super Nintendo game, uh, and, and I, I love it. I've always meant to spend a lot of time with it. My neighbor James had it. And I remember when he beat it, I was going to borrow it from him and then I never got around to it. And it seems like it's, I've loved it every time I've played it. It's like, you know, you go to travel all these different islands and you find keys and new weapons and armor. And it's such a neat, neat game because it's, it's still Master Higgins and Adventure Island, but it's, it, so it's still got that, that Hudson soft Adventure Island flavor, but it just kind of took the series in such a different direction. And I thought it was brilliant. And this song in particular is one of my favorites in the entire game. Um, it's a really, really cool track. It's definitely of the ice music variety. Like as soon as this track starts, I mean, Obviously, you guys have heard a piece of it because, you know, we would have played it before we started the episode. But um, really, just the beginning of this is just reeks of ice music. Like, there's there's no getting around that this is f chilling music. Um, but it kind of goes all over the map. Uh, the, the, the music was composed by um, Sachiko Oita. Um, 
Well, it's it's got it's credited to two people, uh, Sachiko Oita and uh, Akihiro Akamatsu, and uh, they both worked on a game called F One Circus, uh, and Oita also worked on something called Physical Fighter, which I <laughs> I don't know what it is, uh, but I have heard of well, what uh, Akamatsu also worked on was a game called Power Instinct, which I don't know much about, but I know I've heard of it. <laughs> so uh, and that's I have, enough. I have very little, uh, considering how much I really like the soundtrack to this game. Um, and that both of these people don't have a lot of other music credits uh, to their names, at least uh, not from what I looked at uh, straight away. I could be very wrong about that. Please don't hate me if I am wrong, because it's been a long week. But uh, as far as I know, they don't have a ton of music credits to their their under their belts, and that's weird because the soundtrack is very, very well done in Super Venture Island 2. It's extraordinarily well put together. Um so I guess before I ramble on any more, let us listen to uh, this evening's track number nine. Here is Haya Haya Island from Super Adventure Island 2. Hiya Hiya Island from Super Venture Island 2. God, listening to this song uh, with headphones, and I, I really hope you're listening to this this episode, if you're listening to this episode, with some sort of stereo <laughs> effect going on, because there's there's so much going on in this track. But uh, uh, Matt, what, what are your feelings on this one? Yeah, there is, there is a lot of good stuff going on in this track. Um, I can totally get where you're coming from, where you, you feel... That it's an, a nice uh, snow island. It's those kind of uh, those vibes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. They definitely have that kind of um, quintessential cold uh, vibe, I guess, to them. Um, but other than that, it, that's kind of really where it ends. The rest of the 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 tune, the bass, the drums, they're very um, they're very like rocking. Like the rest of yeah. the track, apart from that, is a really rocking track. And you know, you made the joke before with uh, nights. You take the sleigh bells out, and you just got yourself like a happy-go-lucky tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you could take out 
the vibes here though and have the same no. track yeah it's such an integral part of yeah. the song itself yeah the, the, uh, again the thing that really no go ahead oh i was just gonna say again having never played super adventure island 2 you know i can only imagine kind of what uh the visual is like i said before like i always try and listen to the song away from the visuals and then go back excuse me go back and um and do that but having never played you know, and and a lot of the times too, what I'll end up doing with the episodes is you put your episode, you put your uh, tracks up long before I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm such like a slacker. You put your stuff up like three, four days before we even do it. I put mine up three or four hours, and so <laughs> I always think to myself like maybe I should listen to them. And I think nah, I I really want these first impressions because you're you're you have a very deep knowledge of video games, and you you pick some games that I've never even heard of. You pick some games I've heard of but I've never played, and. So I always want to kind of go into this fresh. So mm. it's very rare that you'll pick something that I've one heard of and played, you know. But uh, mm. I can only imagine what the visuals are for this. Uh, it's 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 actually as fairly generic as one would expect. It's it's uh, sunny. Uh, there's snow everywhere. That's <laughs> pretty much what you're what you're talking. About. It's like 16 bit snow level. It's a yeah, not quite as it's a kind of a cartoony look, not like Donkey Kong Country style. But no, of when listening to this song, uh, it's one of those songs that really kind of jumped out to me. It jumped out at me the first time I listened to this this game soundtrack and and played through the the bulk of it that I did. But um, listening to it on I, the the more times I listen to it, the more I hear some of like the crazy depth that's going on there is just underneath the surface there's two competing um string melodies uh running at the same time and right the, you can hear them like i'm listening in these these stereo headphones right now and you can kind of hear them like individual bits where they'll each kind of trail off they're always kind of harmonizing with one another but each one of them will kind of trill and trail off in their own separate directions from time to time and that's when you really hear the separation in the stereo where like one will just go up and the other one will go down and it, it down in your left ear or up in your right ear and it's it it's it's really really brilliant and that's all kind of going towards that during that part where it's building underneath that that vibe sound that you were talking about and mm-hmm. then the way that it just kind of you know all kind of comes together to, to chunk out of that little do 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 like those kind of staccato notes that go there and then it just kind of segues into this out of the blue like super happy major chord section and then it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere of this like like oh and here's this this glimmer of happy hope because the 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 chunk of it before isn't really it's it, it's a lot of minor notes so it's it's not a super happy track it's a very driving track and then you get this like bit of major chords of like super sunshine happy for just a few seconds and then it goes right back into that like you know the very i guess almost 80s like uh, a, a bass drum you know kick drum snare drum the the very deep sounding very sharp sounding doom doom and kind of driving the whole melody uh throughout the whole thing again it's this is such a fantastic track i it's one of those things that the more <laughs> i listen to it the more i get out of it and uh this is on my my playlist of of just songs that i listen to regularly for i don't know about two years and then i recently took it off because um I, I don't remember why i was just it came up an awful lot in my on my uh randomized things you know i have this playlist of video game songs it's like 900 some odd tracks of just the songs i really like and i swear i hear the same 50 songs over and over again they're you know 
I know that feeling. I had an iPod, two, three thousand songs on it, and I would put like a new record on. I'd manage to squeeze one in, and it would always play that one record. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, I, I, you know, obviously it would intermittently, but I feel like there's something with that. There's just something wrong here. With like, I want random. I picked 900 songs so I wouldn't have to hear the same songs over and over again. There's 900 of them, you bastards. Come on now. Play something different. And I swear I always hear the same 50 songs. It drives yeah. me bananas. And so I wind up like, I'll get overplayed on something and then I'll, I'll yank it out and put something else in there. But um, I think Super Adventure Island 2 is going to find its way back into my playlist soon because, man, this this game's got a good soundtrack. And, and this is oh, a darn I, good yeah, song. Yeah, I mean, it sound, I, that, that track... Uh, it 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 excites me. It makes me want to kind of check out Super Venture Island too. Uh, so but you don't have to play any of the previous ones to to get it either, because it plays nothing like any of the other games in the series. Ah, uh, fantastic! I love a I love a one shot. Yeah, very much. A similar like I know you just played uh, Dragon's Trap. You didn't need to play Wonder Boy one and two to understand Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't even know that uh, that may have been an option. <laughs> yes, Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap is in fact Wonder Boy 3 the Dragon's Trap, although they dropped the 3 for the, the, the remake. Yeah, uh, I will not go into great detail, but take it from me. Find this game, download this game, play this game. It is addicting, <laughs> fantastic. The animation is out of this world. I am so obsessed with the animation. I could I could spend 20 minutes talking about the game design itself and the look and the feel, but I'm not going to because this show is about music. Indeed. I am, however, going to move on to my final track of the evening. Hooray. Now, this is a game, uh, you know, for, for quite some time, I thought this program was about looking backwards. Uh, technically speaking, we're always looking backwards uh, at things that have gone, come and gone. Uh, but I thought it was more about appreciating uh, 8, 16, 32, 64-bit games. Uh, and when I spoke with Chris and when I spoke with you about this, I was very relieved to find that, like, no, duh, dummy, it's about music. And if there's some <laughs> piece of music that you like that moves you and it fits, let's, let's talk about it. So this is probably the most recent game of all the games that I have uh, touched upon thus far. Uh, it's currently out for the Xbox One. I don't know that it's out for PlayStation or the PlayStation Network. Uh, I'll have to double check that. But the game is called Never Alone. And I <laughs> I almost feel like this is cheating because the game is based on a uh, like an Eskimo folklore. Uh, the, the indigenous people of Alaska and um, uh, that community. Um, so the whole game... From start to finish, you are in what we could consider the Alaskan wild frontier. Glaciers, uh, you know, frozen lakes and rivers, snow drifts, the whole nine. Polar bears and, you know, just fantastic, beautiful, moody graphics. And the game itself is very moody, but it's a very clever game. Going back to what I was talking about with Lost Vikings... You have the ability to cre- uh, to play as the uh, little girl and then her white-haired fox, and they help each other. You know, the little girl can't jump as high and get the rope, but the fox can, and he knocks it down, and they climb and move forward. This, um, this song is the main title 
of these of the game and it is as far as i'm concerned just titled main theme the game is called never alone it, the track was composed by brendan j hogan and daniel lk caldwell who are fairly newcomers to the uh music industry uh for video games but uh here's the main theme uh, enjoy was the main theme from Xbox One and Xbox 360's Never Alone. Um, uh, know, this game has uh, actually come out on a bunch of platforms from oh, what fantastic. I'm reading here, uh, including Wii U, which I'm 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 shocked. I've never oh, heard yes. of this game before, but according to Moby Games, this is on Android, iPad, iPhone, Linux, Mac, PS3, PS4, Windows, Xbox One. There you have it. So I, I only say Xbox because I'm currently playing it on the Xbox. So that's my uh, limited, uh, I guess, FaceTime with it. But, you know, that that theme song, that main theme, that's the home screen, you know, startup screen, whatever you want to call it. That song embodies the whole game. If you never press start to play the game and you just sit on that screen, you know exactly what you're going to get into, I think, with this game. Having played, I think, about... 50 to 60 percent of the way through the game the rest of the music is in that same vein it's it's desolate like we talked about um but it's not hopeless i suppose the piano gives you that sense of of hope um of course you can they they plant it in the the wind the windswept uh landscape um but it's it's a beaut the whole soundtrack from start to finish is beautiful it's it's more music just like that it's it actually almost reminds me of uh clint mansell's uh soundtrack for the fountain just these beautiful sparse uh symphonic pieces i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> oh <laughs> um is that a movie sorry yes uh there was a film entitled the mount uh the fountain not the mountain the fountain um and it was about a time traveler who was uh looking for his uh soulmate through different periods of time and clint mansell at one point was the front man for this band this british uh industrial electro pop band called uh pop elite itself and he since moved on he worked a lot he works a lot with darren aronofsky so the way okay. danny elfman is to tim burton 
Uh, Clint Mansell is to Darren Aronofsky. Wow. All right, yeah. so in case you didn't know this, listeners, Matt knows a lot more about movies than I do. <laughs> and in case you didn't know this, Chris knows a lot more about video games than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I, I rather enjoyed this track. Um, like I said, I've never heard of this game. Mm-hmm. So I have zero idea, of uh, zero expectations of it. But um, oh, God, this reminds me of something, and I can't place it. There's mm-hmm. a very um there's something very familiar there's, about there's it. something very familiar about it and it's like it's a game. Is it Night Sky? Maybe I'm thinking of Night Sky. Um Night Sky was this weird game where you're controlling like a bunch of silhouettes. It was on 3DS. That is weird. Uh, it's it's just it's got this very very specific pitch to it. Like it's not man, that's another that would be another good one for this episode of the the Little Inferno <laughs> song. Little Inferno is such a weird game. Uh, if you've never played Little Inferno, holy no. crap on a pita. That's a weird game. Great game, but weird. Um, wow, it just, it just, you're right. It just gives you this, this desolate feeling, but not in mm-hmm. a hopeless way, just in a this is the way it is kind of way. Um, right. Makes you want to explore. Um, it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous track. Oh, it's it's a very again very sparse but very lush and full in its own kind of hypocritical way. Yeah, because it's it's kind of working on those uh, those major major chords. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't sound minor and and there's there's no sense of dread. It's just um, no, it's very calm. Well, you get into the game, and of course, the game provides the dread. You'll you know there are tracks uh, here and there that obviously you know like any any game worth its salt it 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 works with the game the music coincides with what's visual so mm-hmm. this stuff is there but this this particular track yeah absolutely no dread just just kind of like this is gonna be pretty beautiful i guess <laughs> well i am uh i'm i'm thrilled that you shared it with me and uh, i would like to try to play this game especially since you know i have a wii u so i could actually try to play this game at some point there you go we'll add it to the list uh <laughs> yeah the list, the, the list. How about you take us home, buddy? I think that's a great idea. I think that's going to be our show. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for our winter special. Um, we're going to leave you tonight with uh, the same track I've left you with the last two years because it is my favorite Christmas song, Super Mario Sleigh Ride by the One-Ups. In case you've never heard it before, it is a mashup of several uh, classic uh, Christmas tunes, particularly Sleigh Ride, and Super Mario World music, which is it's <laughs> it's pure and, and utter delight. Uh, so join us next time for our very first New Year's special. Uh, and Matt, why don't you tell us all what it's about? So I had a couple ideas, but uh, I think that this special is going to be about first levels in video games. There are I like it. Every every game you play has a first level, no matter what game it is. And um, we're going to go through and maybe pick out some of our favorites, perhaps maybe some very iconic. Who knows? We might get crazy with it. You're just going to have to tune in to find out, man. That's it. I love it. I love this idea. That's that's going to be super fun. And then after that, I promise we're going to get back to regular yeah. episodes. In fact, I've, yes. we've, we've got a Metroid 1 planned. So if yes. you like Metroid... 
look forward to the end of January. So we're gonna we're gonna try to hit up two episodes in January. Wish us wish us luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> audacious at best. Indeed, as always, we would like to hear uh, everyone's thoughts and memories on any of the video games we discussed here today, or even even any of our prior episodes. So you can do so on our Facebook page. Just ch- search for Wave Back on Facebook, and you'll find more information about our next games, as well as a nice, convenient place to talk about them. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com. And while you're at it, check out all of our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have over at geekade.com. Uh, Matt, where can people find uh, more about you? Where Where is more of the stuff that you do? Uh, well, if you're familiar with me, you're familiar that I do Ring the Bell with J.R. Perez. Uh, again, those episodes, all the episodes we've done thus far, uh, exist on GeekAid's YouTube page. You can go to geekaid.com and see those things. Um, you know, you can you can follow me on Facebook. I don't mind. I'm always posting stuff about what I'm working on. As um, Chris said, you know, I know more about film than he does, and that's because I fancy myself a filmmaker. I had a film recently come out, uh, premiere at a uh, festival, so. That will be available in the new year for public consumption. So if you're following me on Facebook, I will definitely post the link. And uh, I'm always talking about the new other stuff I'm working on. I got a couple of films in the works and various stages of production. So, yeah, just follow me on Facebook. Awesome, man. Well, uh, on behalf of Matt and myself, thank you everyone for listening and have a great night. Here is Super Mario Sleigh Ride by The One Ups.